Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Straight Talk for the Soul series, your multidimensional vitamin for the body, mind, and spirit. I'm Carrie Murphy, your host, creator, and founder of this global broadcast and Unity community, uh, designed to provide energetic empowerment for your soul's evolution. I want to extend a bright and a beautiful good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you tuning in from around the world to help me welcome my friend, former Yale neurobiologist turned healer, Jean we're going to talk about the power of sacred sacred sites. Uh, we'll also talk about soul retrieval. Uh, in many instances, uh, predominantly in past lives, we've left aspects of our soul energy at various locations on the planet where we had incarnations. So we're going to talk about that. And that's why we may, we may be drawn to these places, uh, as well as repulsed by others. So we'll get into all of that. Um, we will take some live callers later. Jean will offer many healings. Uh, so press star two on your phone uh, to be considered for that. And Jean will lead us through a group process later on in the call. That will be a sacred site, soul retrieval transmission. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, welcome home, all of you beautiful souls. Um, I am so, so grateful to be here with all of you. Know that this is a very safe haven, a sacred space, and a soulful sanctuary to feel ignited and empowered. It's my greatest intention that you feel a sense of safety, acceptance, belonging, oneness, and unity here. Uh, the frequencies of love and kindness and cooperation, collaboration and compassion always flowing here. And today, let's intend for a revival, a restoration, and a renewal of your divine essence, a pure resurrection of your divine wisdom, um, all of your souls, um, just reclaiming all of you from all of these spaces and places, you know, so that you can be a blessing to this world as you are intended to be. So thank you for, for joining us and uh, shining your light in our sacred circle today. And now just sit back, relax, breathe, open, and receive. Uh, I do want to ask my favorite question, and that is, what is the best that could happen today? I really encourage you to set a very clear, empowered, personal intention for what you wish to gain or experience or feel here. Uh, my intention with our gathering is to be a clear and pristine communicator of divine light and love and selfless service to allow for the greatest openings into inspiration, healing, peace, harmonization, purification, uh, and vitality for all of us gathered here. Uh, you're welcome to write in and let us know how you're doing throughout the show and our webcast, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. And now about my wonderful co-creator partner, Gene Ang. He has a, a healing practice based in Thousand Oaks, California, and he sees clients for a number of energy healing and shamanic healing practices. In addition, he teaches seminars focused on the integration of science, spirituality, and healing. He travels both in the U.S. and internationally, facilitating healing sessions and workshops, particularly around the Arcturian healing method, which is a modality that he created as a synthesis of his studies in healing. Uh, Gene received his B.A. from Stanford in Human Biology and Philosophy and Religious Studies, and he was formally trained as a neurobiologist at Yale after. 
And then after his postdoctoral fellowship, Gene decided to step into the role of a facilitator of healing in order to directly interact with helping people. He sees his teaching engagements and seminars as an extension of this interaction that occurs on multiple dimensions to bring wholeness, understanding, and evolution to everyone involved. And so today, we're going to focus on why visiting sacred sites is a powerful way to reclaim lost soul parts, how we can interact with these sacred sites, both physically as well as distantly, uh, why we're attracted to certain places, and also why we may not feel comfortable in others. Plus, we'll talk about how we can meditate and learn to connect to a sacred power spot uh, distantly. Uh, Jean uh, is really like family here in this community. I love our time together. Uh, So let's get started. Please join me in extending waves and waves of love and light and joy to Jean as I welcome him back. Hi, Jean. Jean, can you hear me? Oh, I see. Hold on. You are muted, Jean. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, I thought so. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Great. Yeah, no, I could hear you before. Uh, yeah, I saw the music. I just couldn't hear you. Uh, <laughs> I was like, something went wrong. He's in New Zealand, everyone. So tell us what you're doing in New Zealand, my friend. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a start of a um, spiritual tour, uh, actually, that um, I had planned uh, about three years ago, actually. And um, because of COVID, it got uh, sort of pushed, uh, you know, at least three times um, to a new date. So it's sort of uh, nice to be able to actually um, have it physicalized in the uh, f- physical world. And uh, it's just the first uh, first day. So it's kind of nice to be able to uh, connect here with um, all the listeners and the community. Like I said, uh, like you mentioned, uh, it's been great to be able to um, come and talk uh, on different seasons. So, yeah, so that's um, kind of where we are here. Yeah, we were supposed to do our call, I think it was Monday, and we decided to do it today so that you could be there and talk about this topic while you're <laughs> while you're in one of these spaces and places. What is so significant about New Zealand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because um, I had just come off uh, a visit to um, Egypt. Uh, also a sacred site tour, which many people have gone and been called to. And uh, I had actually um, been wanting to go to Egypt before that trip for about five years and even planned one that didn't uh, actually uh, go through more because of the political environment at the time. And uh, I think there are windows uh, for people to visit sacred sites from a spiritual purpose, of course, also just from a a travel or uh, interest or enjoyment purpose. But I think um, when it's for what I would call spiritual initiation, some type of movement forward in consciousness, uh, those cause and conditions kind of come into play. And I think a window does open for people where, you know, uh, relevant or actually able to go. That was my perception personally, like with Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during that trip, it, that's where I got the inspiration that maybe people, uh, myself, might have a connection to go to New Zealand. And um, 
At first, I don't think it was very conscious exactly why, except I think this is maybe one of the phenomena uh, that we could talk about. Um, you just get this feeling that you need to go visit a place. Um, you really couldn't say exactly why, except maybe we could make up reasons after you get the impulse, uh, you know, that makes sense. But there's right. an inside you that feels called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it feels like home, you know, so often. And and we know why. I mean, we, we've experienced timelines in these spaces and places. And it's kind of like deja vu, like, oh, my gosh, I've been here. Um, so I want to talk about um, how visiting these sacred sites, whether it is physically or we can do it even remotely, um, is a powerful way for us to reclaim lost soul fragments or parts of us. Um, I would love for you to delve into that a little bit more and your understanding of that. Yeah, well, it's interesting uh, that you exactly the wording you said, like you feel like you're coming home mm -hmm. to a place. And many people probably have felt that visiting um, uh, maybe a place that's not where they live, particularly another country or more distant land. When I went to Hawaii, which, of course, is you know part of the United States, but when I went there the first time, uh, I did get that sense that I was um, coming home. And a lot of times when I go there, uh, people think I'm actually, you know, live there, like I'm mm -hmm. from there or Hawaiian. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was talking, yeah, to one of the elders there, kind of one, you know, she's had many generations live there and is considered like a, you know, a teacher of healing and so forth, like kind of an elder. And she was saying that that usually is an indication that you've had past lives in <laughs> Hawaii or, or in general at a place. Mm -hmm. uh, is that you'll feel like you're coming home, exactly like what you're saying. Maybe you're referring uh, to that, like, with the different timelines. Uh, but I think that's one of the reasons we do to go, go to a place. Um, I was talking with another uh, facilitator on a, a teleconference, and uh, Lauren Gailey, and she was saying that she had that sense that even her bones were in that location, particularly when she went to visit Peru. Mm -hmm. And they do have bones from, uh, yeah, kind of, buried in these caves uh, up in the mountains that are still there. They're kind of like that's where their cemetery is. And so right. we can even, you know, be recalled back because we have a, a whole um, incarnation uh, aspects of our their self still at a location. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's fascinating. As you, as you talk about that, I've always felt when I go to a different country and and it always feels like home in some way, they will immediately start talking to me in their native language, even if, even though I don't mm. know it. And that's always kind of an indication to me that energetically there must be something, um, you know, of my essence here um, to be seen in that way or to be interacted with in that way. So while you're in New Zealand, does it feel like that to you? Well, that's interesting. You know, I uh, I definitely felt very comfortable uh, coming here and very welcomed uh, when I tuned in spiritually and energetically. And uh, I do feel like I did a couple of shamanic journeys uh, in our previous calls. I had talked about that being one of the tools I used, particularly like with the downloading the Arcturian healing method and uh, to like the spirits of this land. 
And uh, I did feel like they were family. That could be spiritual family, and that could be also a national family, uh, particularly maybe around children. <laughs> you know, like some children, spirit, like spirits who showed up as children uh, came and transferred a lot of uh, more an emotional uh, feeling. Um, as if either I had um, maybe lost children here and kind of um, revisiting them or uh, just very connected to, um, yeah, that form of a relationship. So I think that has a connection here somehow for me. Yeah. Um, so during your time there, I know uh, the gatherings began last night and, and they really begin fully today while you're there later. What do you intend on doing um, with the group there? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very, uh, you know, people might uh, have known or connect with the Maori uh, culture and tradition. Mm -hmm. They're the uh, indigenous people here uh, on in New Zealand. And uh, the, the tour is about 12 days or a little bit over 12 days, uh, maybe 14. And it's meant to kind of do a deep dive into the connecting with the spirituality of the Maori people and also their healing. So we'll have a couple like uh, trainings with Maori healers and in particular like um, a river tour that kind of connects with the spirit of the land and spirits of the nature and elements and, and the river in particular. Wow. So I know we're going to talk about your special offer later, but there are going to be transmissions um like a soul retrieval transmission, reclaiming developed subtle body structure transmission, and then reactivating sacred sites. Um, and they start on November, I believe it's 7th or 8th. But are you going to be recording those and doing them there, or will these be live? Uh, those will be live. Those okay. will be live. And, um, yeah, those will be live in kind of a connection to um, to this tour, which will be, you know, having have it, uh, been completed. Uh, physically, uh, but what I found is that like um, the other big trip that was uh, held this year was to Peru, which I think we talked about yes. in uh, the kind of previous. Mm -hmm. And there's probably a link to that, you know, even some, uh, there might be actually someone who lives here in Auckland uh, was saying that even pre-Maori, there is a tribe here, like uh, historically, uh, they were supposed to be more fair-skinned, but supposedly they actually traveled from Peru uh, in the history, uh, you know, across the ocean and then landed in this land. And they were kind of even pre-Maori uh, in terms of the history. So that must have been many thousands of years ago. But um, uh, what I found is after the physical tour, sometimes the tour continues in the astral mm -hmm. world. That That happened for Egypt and also Peru. So uh, the offering that we're going to do, which maybe we'll talk about later, or you mentioned the key kind of points, uh, probably will be that integration uh, and continued astral uh, travel. So there'll be a much more kind of already downloaded, mm -hmm. and then we'll kind of reconnect on a new way uh, during the, in the during those uh, transmissions. Yeah, I think it's great that you offer them. A lot of times, right after you've been on one of these really powerful sacred site journeys because it just makes them that much more potent, you know, as you evolve and um, 
ascend in consciousness with each of these journeys and tours, you're able to bring that through in all of these transmissions. So that will be exciting. Um, so if someone is wondering, okay, maybe I'm not able to go to New Zealand or I'm not able to go to Egypt or wherever, I know that you wanted to talk about how we can interact with these sacred sites remotely or distantly as well as physically. So what can you share about that? Yeah, yeah, kind of touching base to what um, maybe to unpack a little bit of what I was saying and then link it to what you just had asked about visiting sacred sites in terms of, uh, you know, uh, past lives. And I call it kind of a soul retrieval. Uh, I remember a good friend, also a light worker, when I was first starting out and would visit places that she had been to in this life. You know, we uh, many of us are probably people feel like we have many incarnations within one life. So sometimes kind of use that mm -hmm. phrase, like in another incarnation, which could have been like, you know, when we were in college or right. when we were in high school or, you know, um, uh, whatever that might have been 10 years of our lives. We feel like we were kind of a different person uh, doing different things, learning different lessons. And she would go back to those uh, cities. Uh, you know, and locations just the within her life, this life, and uh, almost just by being there. Sometimes we, you know, have varying experiences. Uh, they could be traumatic. They don't have to be. I would just call them intense. And uh, sometimes we just want to go back, and maybe it was sort of like unfinished business. Uh, we just sort of feel like we're reclaiming those codes or parts of ourselves, you know, because it was uh, really a, a gift or a gift. Uh, to go through those lessons. So if it could only, if that can occur in one life, there are probably a lot of things. And if people believe in other lifetimes or have memories of that, um, or have that framework, there could be other, you know, very intense experiences. Maybe, like you said, we're always ascending and learning. Some um, uh, lives were even kind of even more conscious, or we're all getting more conscious of. Um, our experiences but in other lifetimes we may have been at a point where we didn't have that consciousness and now we do have more of that full awareness so there may have been a lot of yeah unfinished business um like mm -hmm. i said maybe there was this connection to children for me almost like um whether that was having had children in this area or just spiritually feeling kind of um you know you really have that love for someone uh, if some, if you've had that ex that particular incarnational experience of having a child, uh, you know, which I've had in this life, so maybe that was a way for the spirits to communicate to me, sort of this love for souls uh, here. So when you kind of return to a place um, that you may have had an incarnation in another life, you may be receiving one aspect, and we can talk about um, other aspects that kind of move into the future but to kind of reclaim the codes or those experiences um, that kind of almost complete ourselves on a soul level. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, but, but your question to the distance. So you, um, a lot of times we do that physically, uh, but because now we're kind of at the point uh, where a lot of people, maybe it was through healing or just through meditation, uh, or now they're very much more accessible to learn astral travel, uh, realize that we're multidimensional beings. 
that our physical body is only really one vehicle, you know, like we have an astral body. And then we even have more subtle bodies that are beyond the astral. Uh, sometimes they call them like the causal or spiritual or even the non-dual level. And so many people are already functioning, uh, you know, astrally, uh, like when we do distance healing. And I think a lot of these calls, like, you know, when we do the transmissions or just how we connect to each other, uh, using this technology of um, teleconferences or, you know, Zoom meetings. Now we're becoming very used to really, we're not really in each other's physical presence, but we're having just an effect because we have a model and a way to understand that experience can with the energy world or the multidimensional models. So you can um, return to places, even this using photos, uh, you know, a lot of modalities, like I learned biogeometry, you don't really have to even, you know how you, you have to kind of almost be there and see things, but even just by looking at the photo of a place, you exchange energy and information. You know, it's kind of going at a subconscious or energetic level. So even by doing that, uh, it's enough to reconnect to a location and receive its energization, and then you can kind of unpack it later. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made a good point. I mean, that's what we do here on this show every day. I mean, we're connecting from, you know, different points all over the world and experiencing these energetic um, transmissions together and healings and all kinds of things. So there's so much that is available and possible uh, for all of us, you know, remotely as well as uh, physically. So, you know, you were talking about how we kind of can return to these spaces and places and it's like a a reunion for the soul but it's also like a completion so that we become more and more whole and and I think that's why <laughs> like well like I said in the intro sometimes we feel very attracted to certain places and other times we're kind of repelled or, or we're not comfortable and it's likely because we've had a um a more challenging timeline or lifetime or experience there um yeah i mean i think you know even people in a community like this who um, maybe they were um burned at the stake for you know or they were you know and all these in france there are a lot of people who talk about that sort of thing and so they may be drawn to those places but sometimes they may have a lot of anxiety um visiting them at first because of something like that having occurred. Can you share anything more about that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's, um, you know, very, uh, it's a very important uh, part to uh, address or to also accept, you know, personally uh, or see or look into and just uh, contemplate or consider. It's sort of like the yin and the yang, sort of like on the bright side, we're kind of mm-hmm. uh, in a place, it kind of reminds us of the beauty uh, you know, powerfulness and uh, good feelings, you know, like I was mentioning, maybe this connection uh, with children, which is always a very, very positive. But uh, like you said, I think um, a lot of places we had maybe intense experiences. We might call them traumatic, like talk more about the soul retrieval aspect, um, you know, of that. But uh, so and so sometimes we'll feel uh, like I don't want to want to go back there. You know, because uh, a lot of the lifetimes we've had, um, the consciousness wasn't that 
uh, high. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of um, warlike um, consciousness because we were under the influence of Mars, perhaps in, in different cycles of history. We're kind of, in a lot of frameworks, transforming to the influence of Mercury, which is a much more healing, like the Buddha, supposedly from the Mercury sphere, uh, and of course the Christ consciousness. Um, so a lot of going back to places, you know, we are uh, going back for forgiveness, maybe forgiveness for ourselves, forgiveness of maybe people we were like the perpetrators of. Uh, we, we could be kind of on both sides, probably if we have so many lifetimes, you know, both victim and perpetrator. And so we're sort of going back almost to make um, reparation uh, to kind of feel uh, forgiveness for ourselves, maybe even meet people. Uh, they may not be the incarnated time. They may be uh, who are at those locations. And just by being there, sort of like um, sometimes our best friends were in other lifetimes, maybe the reason we got attracted to each other is we didn't have quite relationships with them. And now we have a, good, a chance to really be in a very positive uh, cycle uh, with them. So uh, I do think that's a big aspect. And um, even just to look at, you may get that sense of either intense longing or positiveness or intense uh, like you said, almost, um, I don't, I use the word repulsion, but mm-hmm. that, that kind of feeling, they, they both are a signal that we may have had karmic links. Yeah. And it's an opportunity for healing. And, you know, what about you personally though, Jean, uh, how have these sacred sites impacted your spiritual journey or path? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, what I what I noticed particularly, like I just use examples of other places. And the, the, the New Zealand uh, trip, of course, is un, unfolding, but with uh, the experience I've had, like um, I think uh, the conscious intention uh, opens up the spiritual realms of a place. You know, the physical land is just one uh, dimension using kind of this multi-dimensional model. And just to say, like the one that I use is basically seven dimensions. So you have like the physical, the physical body of something or physical aspect, then etheric or kind of the chi or prana level, then the emotional level, mental level, uh, causal, which is like the karmic dimension, uh, spiritual, which is like the soul dimension. And then there's the divine or non-dual dimension of like anything that's showing up in the physical world. And even if, uh, but some things, physical body, like we might call them angels or spiritual beings, they have all the other uh, dimensions, but maybe not currently a physical body. So uh, what I found is the intention of how you come to a sacred site or any place. It could be it could be the land you live on, um, so that you don't have to actually go anywhere physically. Uh, but when we were in Peru, this place called Saksiwaman, uh, a group of us went there in the morning with the intention to really connect spiritually. And this kind of drove home the point is, uh, so after the two hour period where, you know, I could feel the energy and the downloads and it was just kind of a shift in my awareness then and, and everyone else who went there, uh, we had to get back because of the schedule. Like we had to get back to the hotel. So it almost shifted back to like how, like when we have to rush to go to a meeting, <laughs> like and are driving on the highway, that kind of feeling. And all of a sudden, it was as if the this portal closed, not 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 out like out of meanness or anything. It was more because like it was over. Like the opening uh, from that sacred site uh, had opened, and then it closed because of where we were. Also, like we needed to kind of get back into the 
physical world and linear time and scheduling and so forth. So I think how it drove home the point like how I or we or people kind of intend to interact with a site, it's almost like a living being. Uh, it will open up based on our intention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned earlier about these windows opening for these spiritual initiations. Um, so what have you mm-hmm. experienced mm-hmm. personally and seen with others in terms of these initiation processes at the sacred sites? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Egypt was a, was a great lesson for me, like, um, uh, cause it, I would say it occurred over uh, maybe six or seven years. So, uh, so I had intended to want to, uh, hold a, a, a trip to Egypt. Uh, we even set it up with a tour operator. And then, like I said, uh, politically, you know, in quotes, some, you know, it just, uh, didn't manifest. And, um, and then I realized, so, so I, I realized like there was something, I don't, I wouldn't call it blocking, but it wasn't open yet. For my, me personally, of course, many people have been of course, going there, thousands, millions of people uh, for spiritual reasons. Uh, but I think each of us have kind of you know, like a karmic as well as a code uh, spiritual opening, like where the it's almost like a spiritual lock. It kind of you put in the, the codes or you kind of put in the. Uh, combination mm-hmm. and then you have to wait for it to kind of the lock to drop so uh so i usually hold a what's interesting is this interaction between sites bec- uh, that we could talk about well i just mentioned here i usually hold a month a yearly mount shasta retreat i think we even talked about some of yeah. uh, those experiences and uh, in 20 uh let's see 17 uh, connecting with kind of those codes and whatever was coming in for the group and myself, tuning into like the higher beings, they gave me that signal that for me there was, and for people who might go on that trip, a trip to Egypt, it opened. And literally like, uh, the last day I contacted, you know, um, not knowing this tour operator, but thinking that maybe she would be able to, you know, um, open up this Egypt trip. I contacted her right at the end of that Mount Shasta trip and she did, she was the one we went with and, you know, it was, uh, it was great to, you know, two tours in one year. And, uh, it was like that window opened. Right. Yeah. So I think that's that really such a good point. Window. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Cause sometimes yeah. we're ready or it's not the right timing. I can remember years ago, um, when I wanted to visit Mount Shasta and this was, oh, 15, 20 mm. years ago. And, each time something would happen, you know, like the plane, you know, mm-hmm. the, the flight was canceled or something came up at home and I couldn't go. And it was like that window was not open yet. <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. um, but then when it is, it is an initiation or an opening into, um, I think, so many of the things that you're talking about. Um completions of, of karmic completions um just healing you know you mentioned forgiveness of ourselves and others there's so much that takes place uh in these experiences um Jean, i do want to take callers and then you know we have the transmission the group transmission coming up but i want to read a couple of questions from our webcast first so if anyone else has questions you can write them in 
or press star two to raise your hand and we'll take some live callers as well. Uh, Lacey from Ontario. Hi, Lacey. Um, she said gratitude and greetings, Carrie and Jean. Uh, Jean, I'm curious, do you associate specific sacred sites uh, with the chakra centers of the earth? Thank you so much for your delightful knowledge. That's Lacey. Oh, great. Thanks, Lacey, for that question. That's a wonderful question. And and I have, um, you know, I'll just share some of the frameworks I've learned. Um, I guess personally, myself, uh, I find those uh, uh, fascinating. Sometimes it doesn't come down to me in that way. Uh, but I have heard that, like uh, like I mentioned, Mount Shasta, um, I think someone, uh, the framework that they, had, like people actually who had came said that it was the uh, root chakra of different, you know, there's different frameworks about um, where the seven chakras, where sites might resonate with each chakra. So I think they had um, linked that with the root chakra in one framework. And then uh, speaking of Hawaii, which is, of course, a very powerful sacred site and the different islands. Uh, the, the person who organized and promotes uh, the events when I go there, and her name's Katie Fisher, had and has lived there for 30 years and more, uh, and was actually even you know, holding tours herself, uh, and may still do that, um, said that like each island actually is associated with uh, one of the chakras. Um, and I don't have that framework handy right now, uh, which islands fit with which. I think Oahu was associated, which a lot of people go to for Honolulu, uh, with the throat chakra. Uh, so, uh, yes, there are um, sacred sites, and you, they kind of um, have a framework of the chakras that people really can gear into that uh, way of looking at energetic sites. Because in, in a way, they are like, um, like I mentioned, the ley lines. The, our acupuncture lines are similar to the ley lines of the earth, but on a larger scale, of course, for the earth. And therefore, like um, where the acupuncture lines all kind of um, cross is usually like a chakra system. So then it would make sense that certain sites where there are a lot of ley lines crossing would have a certain quality that you could use the chakra system with on the right. planet. Yeah, thank you, Jean. And Lacey, that was a beautiful yeah. question. Thank you. Um, I'm going to read another question from Catherine Alexis in Mount Shasta. She's going to ask, she's asking a question about the Arcturians. Before I ask it, I want you to just share with people your connection with the Arcturians. You created the Arcturian healing method. Many people know that who, um, know, know of you. But what can you say about your connection with them before I read the question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just in brief, uh, you know, Arcturians, the way I see them are a type of multidimensional being. Uh, I see them so, more so, like I was mentioning, like with the angelic uh, beings, not necessarily having a physical, although maybe some of us might consider ourselves incarnated uh, Arcturians. Uh, but I see them more like as a spiritual um, helper, or guide or um, consciousness. And there is a star called Arcturus, a physical star. So they do maybe have a quality of you know um cosmic or star like uh, energies and their focus is on healing and so that's kind of the maybe a, a quick uh, snapshot mm -hmm. of the arturian yeah are you when you are at these sacred sites and participating in these these experiences do you bring in the arturian healing with these groups 
Uh, yeah, like, um, uh, you know, some sites we go to are specifically meant to connect to the cosmic interdimensional beings. Uh, we didn't have that written into the program here in New Zealand, but we, we may, it may kind of unpack that way because many, uh, indigenous cultures feel very connected to the stars and even maybe came from stars that they know in their, uh, even in their secret lore, like they may not share that or they, they're beginning to, of course, share that. Like the, the Hawaiian Polynesian, uh, people feel they, they know in their, uh, sacred stories or songs, the exact system they came from and when, like 1.8 million years ago, they started incarnating, for example. Um, so we'll do that. And, uh, and then in Mount Shasta, it's almost like specifically meant to connect with, um, interdimensional star consciousness. Right. And we recently had really quite significant Right. Yeah, we talked about that last mm-hmm. time you were here. Well, we seem to talk about it mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I wonder if you'll experience any of that, um, you know, seeing any ships or anything like that while you're in New Zealand. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it's the intention. So I think if the mm-hmm. group has that intention, like I said, it, it wasn't exactly written into the program. But because that's kind of the spiritual, first spiritual download is how the program's written for, for, uh, kind of my process. But it, since there's been so many things and the, uh, there's probably already a spiritual connection within the Maori tradition prior to stars that I'm not, maybe I'm not consciously aware of yet. So, um, so that's a, a huge potential. Yeah, absolutely. Especially coming together in those groups like that. So, okay. So here is Catherine Alexis. Uh, her oh, question yeah. uh, from Mount Shasta, she said, what do the Arcturians say about how an individual can connect to a sacred site when they can't travel? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with with the Arcturian consciousness, you know, I think that's actually one thing they're helping us do is to recognize that we're not um, solely our uh, physical vehicle and um, personality. And just by, you know, interact, like, uh, interacting with the Arcturian consciousness and energy, because it's usually non-physical in, you know, it's anger, we're already taking one step beyond, um, identifying ourselves as only, only physical beings and a, a local personality like Jean or Carrier or Catherine. Uh, and by interacting with greater parts of ourselves, then we can also interact with any location on the planet that way. So I would say uh, you don't really need to go to a site physically. They probably say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. that that's kind of maybe why we have the discussion about the distance um, piece. Uh, yeah, so you could just connect with your consciousness. Uh-huh. You just connect with your consciousness. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Catherine, for being with us. Uh, Roberta from the UK uh, wrote mm-hmm. in and shared. Um, Uh, After the death of my husband, three nights later in a dream, I was searching for him in the darkness of the universe. I was crying out, where are you? And a healer informed me that part of my soul had fragmented away from me. Uh, Only one month later, I ended up with a health condition which left me with very low energy. Is there a way that we can call fragments of our soul loss back to us? Um, and then she just said, I just want to end up, I want to mention to those who are meeting Dr. Gene Aim for the first time that he is amazing. 
So had to had to <laughs> add that in there. Um, <laughs> but, but Jean, her her question about is there a way we can call back the fragments of our soul last? Um, it sounds like she feels that happened, you know, after her husband uh, passed away. Oh yeah, I, think I, I and, know who um, Roberta, who you're, you're referring to. <laughs> Oh, okay. go ahead. Were you gonna, no, gonna... no, I was just rereading her, oh, okay. um, her, her, uh, her message here. What do you want to share, Jean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so a couple of techniques that we, the practical techniques one can do is exactly what was said. You know, we're kind of, we're kind of, uh, super conscious beings. And just with our intention, uh, without any kind of um, fancy healing or special healing, uh, although we'll kind of talk about this transmission on soul retrieval, but just with our consciousness kind of quietly sitting, we could just, uh, you can first invoke, maybe you connect with the divine or God, source, love, and then maybe you have certain spiritual beings or your helpers or your teachers, so you could just ask for their assistance. And then you just ask that all soul parts of myself that are ready to return, uh, please return now. And then just be still. And uh, you may feel that actually coming back into you, because uh, part of that is just um, it's it's not never really disconnected from us. It may sort of been kept uh, safely because of the trauma, uh, you know, sort of um, almost like hidden away to to protect us. Actually, uh, we're actually the ones who did it. Like some aspect of our superconscious did that. So um, whether we ask for a healer to do a soul retrieval for us or we ourselves just do that now and ask those to come back and then just be still and then maybe wait for, you know, two or three or more minutes, maybe it'll start happening for a person so you can take longer. But just know that those parts are now returning to you and will come back completely to your consciousness and get reintegrated uh, fully and properly. Mm-hmm. So that would, I, I'd say it's the most straightforward, simple uh, healing process we can do for ourselves. Right. It's part of that holing process, becoming whole again. And those things, that those mm-hmm. fragments can um, fracture off, you know, throughout these traumatic times in this lifetime and others. And um, But that's part of becoming whole again. And thank you for uh, writing in and for the question. Um, Jean, before we um, – so many more people writing in. Before we go to some live callers, let's go ahead and talk about your special offer, and then we'll take some live callers and we'll do the group transmission. Um, your new offer for this season is called the Sacred Site Transmissions. The offer can be found at straighttalkforthesoul.com. Click on the Marketplace link at the top of the page. You will see Gene's smiling face, click on his picture, and you will see this offering. So, as usual, every season you bring forth a new offer. This one, um, these particular live transmissions begin on November 7th, and they go through the 9th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, two hours each. Um, talk to us about what you have planned uh, for this particular set of transmissions. Yeah, yeah, I think um like we've we've been doing this for a number of the seasons, uh kind of live offerings that I think people really like because it's dynamic. Plus you get the recording so people sometimes um can't make the live sessions or and so they can do them on their own schedule and then you can continue to connect to the energies in a new way through the recordings. Uh but usually what I try to do is 
just again connect to world. I usually take a journey uh, to kind of the spiritual beings who would be holding the space for these transmissions. And a lot of this is unpacking both um, processes, some that we didn't talk about yet, but some that we have about visiting sacred sites, like what happens to us, our subtle bodies energetically, why we might do that. And it's kind of um, broken down the three transmissions into things of the past, uh, somewhat things of the present, and then things into the future. So I'll just kind of briefly say what those three transmissions are and some of the processes involved. Uh, so there, there are 50-minute transmissions where these kind of spiritual or energetic consciousness processes would be occurring. And one that we have covered is the soul retrieval aspect, like uh, whether that's associated with a sacred site or just in general, like we need uh, the soul retrieval, like Roberta might have shared something that wasn't necessarily connected to nuclear land, but was uh, important for her in this life with her husband. Um, so that first one will help to bring back soul parts that we may have um, lost, so to speak, or been disconnected from from past lives that are maybe anchored to certain locations on the planet or, or not. Um, so that's a big part of the, the first uh, one, and we kind of discussed some of those processes. The, the second one is um, we hadn't touched on yet, but that I had an experience of, and that's in uh, previous lifetimes, like every lifetime based on our experience, particularly our conscious mindful practice of something, uh, we develop um, our subtle body structure. Like, uh, and it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm practicing now for 45 minutes. Like, you could have been a leader of a tribe. You could have been a healer in a tribe. You could have been, a, you know, even a warrior in a, in a, a lifetime. And your studies uh, develop in a certain way. Like, maybe if you were that warrior, the reason your soul was doing that was to develop actually some kind of strength, particularly in your lower chakras, you know, this kind of power in the lower chakras, the lower pillar. Or if you're a leader, like in, of some group, or maybe in a large group, and then you incarnate another life. Those are in your superconsciousness, or we might call it our subconscious, but they may not be reactivated yet. They're kind of on our hard drive, but they're not on our screen yet. Speaking metaphorically, and you can bring those forward. Like that was the process someone did for me uh, at a meditation school called Clairvision, with using their techniques. And I kind of had remembered a past life where I was sort of more in a leadership role, and it had really developed my lower pillar, uh, which is kind of the one that goes into the ground, and uh, kind of that solidity. And it was like re-brought in. I could actually feel it kind of coming back in. So the second transmission is to kind of, I call it, reclaim these developed subtle body structures from other lifetimes. It could even be, even be a parallel lifetime if you wanted to use you know, that um, framework. Uh, and so people might have intentions for something they're doing now that they need those skills when in fact okay. they had those little body structures. Then the, the third uh, transmission is actually moving somewhat a little bit into the future and something that we haven't touched on either here, uh, but I'll just say here, sometimes we go to sacred sites, like we're receiving a lot from the sacred site, but we, because of this process of exchange, we actually bring a lot to the sacred site like codes we hold. And it's almost like, um, uh, like just like with people, if you don't, if uh, people don't pay attention to you, or if, uh, you know, if we don't have that back and forth, we sometimes kind of lose energy. You know, we gain a lot of energy back and forth by uh, having people like pay attention to us or kind of 
kind of uh, interrupt in a relationship. It's the same with the site. Uh, because it's living, if no one like kind of goes there anymore, like maybe it was once a, a beautiful temple, even like the Temple of Giza, for example, uh, it once was probably even more powerful than it is, of course, now when it was active with priests and priestesses. Mm -hmm. But people revisiting them, usually people who are spiritually oriented, were actually probably priests and priestesses in other lifetimes. <laughs> um, they actually reactivate those sites. So whether we do that distantly or uh, physically. So the, the third transmission is about reactivating uh, sites. And, of course, we reciprocally receive, you know, that, that expansion. As well as um, if people believe in future lifetimes, uh, a lot of times we're consciously, we can consciously start to think where we would like to reincarnate. That's not, we haven't talked so much about that, but where maybe where we might uh, need to be learning or also benefiting the most people uh, if that's in our intention. So we can kind of already start to see where we're going to reincarnate or where that's in our soul plan. It may already be kind of planned already. But a lot of times we may be attracted to certain places uh, and also people because they uh, will actually come into play even more so in a, a near future lifetime. So that's mm -hmm. also in the third transmission. Yeah, I like how it's phrased here um, that the transmission will help plant the seed and insights of future places of rebirth for soul growth. So, um, yeah, I'd never really thought about it the way that you just described it, how particular sacred sites get activated as we give our energy to them if they're somewhat dormant from perhaps a time when they were, you know, filled with these mystics or or priestesses or priests. Um, so it's kind of fascinating <laughs> to think about it in that way, that they're activating us, but we're activating them as well. Um, so, okay, so those are three powerful transmissions. They begin uh, November 7th through the 8th. You also included a five-day bonus offer, the Wind Horse Transmission. Uh, share a little bit about what that is. Yeah, yeah, the wind horse is uh, just a recent transmission uh, that was downloaded. Uh, the wind horse is a term in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, which um, kind of I must have links to if you're very attracted to that, which just means good fortune. It's a very broad term, but like kind of when we're, we could even say it in a modern way, like when we're in the flow, mm -hmm. uh, that's our wind horse, which maybe makes sense. Like you can see this, these horses, you know, galloping uh, so much that they're flying. Um, in the, in the wind. Uh, so, so kind of like when everything's right, our elements are balanced, uh, good fortune, opportunities are opening, relationships all work, we're very prosperous. Uh, that's wind horse, uh, and when in, increase in wind horse. So, um, in the, in that particular tradition, you can do certain practices, certain rituals, certain offerings. It really boils down to real, basically generosity, you know, in these rituals and practices. Because uh, then karmically or reciprocally, you receive back that generosity that you give out on whatever level. So the transmission is um, that that you get is a, a way to increase your, that wind horse or that state or that uh, abundance. Mm -hmm. So if someone were to invest in this special offer today, they could listen to that 
um, wind horse transmission to really amplify their divine abundant nature between now and the time the, the live transmissions begin. Oh, right. Um, oh yeah. Right? <laughs> be really prepared. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like if you're good. Yeah, three times a week would be the protocol. Yeah, three times a week. Give maybe a day or two in between to, right. to integrate. Right. And as always, you're very generous with your um, price points on your offers, this special offer, uh, including the five-day bonus offer um, with the Wind Horse Transmission is $97. And we always have the three-pay option, so you can pay it over three months if you would like to do that. So this is going to be fun, Jean. Um, <laughs> another another adventure. Um, and I know this community really really, really loves your, <laughs> these group um, gatherings. I mean, they are, as I said, even last season, you know, they are some of our most popular um, gatherings. So excited to see what unfolds with this one. And uh, I know that you want to offer a transmission here on the call today. Before we do that, um, I want to take a couple of live callers and, um and then we can dive into that. So again, it's star two to raise your hand um, if you have a question or would like a little mini healing from Jean. So the first caller that I am going to is area code um, 510. That's me. Hello. Hi, that is you. Hello. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> talking to my daughter and I was like oh they're calling <laughs> me so in the other room um I have always had an attraction my name is Sarah I live in Berkeley which isn't that far from Mount Shasta but I've only driven past it and when I did I was just filled with a sense of I don't know not awe so much but just fullness and joy and sacredness um so one thing I'm wondering is, you know, whether there's something there for me. It just occurred to me. I just told my daughter who's in from Israel, I need to go to Mount Shasta. I've also been in Jerusalem, and I've had some fairly profound experiences at the um, Kotel, the Wailing Wall, what's left of the ancient temple. These energies um, do, and I do weddings, and I say a lot to people, yes, let's do it in the Redwoods. It's a power place. And... Um, I feel attracted to them. I don't know that much about them. Do we have to go to them, or can we sit in meditation and draw that energy in? And do you see anything at Mount Shasta for me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great uh, question, Sarah. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, to answer your question, yes, no, you don't have to visit them this, uh, physically. Uh, in meditation, you know, you could, if you if you like to use photos, but if you are have it in mind, you know, like uh, maybe even been there, but um, like you could just revisit Wailing Wall by in your meditation, uh, just thinking about it, you're already resonance, and you're exchanging energy and information. Of course, it's non-cognitive. Like we don't necessarily have to even know what we're receiving. We may feel it more in an embodied or energetic sense. And even then, you don't need to, for people who might not feel that, uh, as soon as you put your intention on door in connection and kind of almost like you, you swapped uh, hard drives uh, metaphorically, 
So you could stay like that. Uh, people may have, uh, you know, a very big physical, uh, uh, visual journey. Like you actually may see what you're connecting to and the codes they may already start to unpack. But it could be that simple and that straightforward. And then you stay for however long you feel, you know, there's that exchange going on. And then, then you can just end the meditation and, and you'll probably feel drawn to do that at a certain, you know, if you need to do it one more than once. Uh, and then Mount Shasta, yes, yeah, how it usually calls you exactly. You'll drive by it and you feel, you feel different. You feel like you said, it, maybe it wasn't awe as a word, but it's the power of majesty. And, uh, so at some point you'll feel like, oh yeah, this is, this is right. And then you almost like, Everything will kind of come together. You like the uh, hotel or wherever you may stay, the Airbnb, um, all comes into place, and then you're there. Yeah, and then usually um, how you interact with the site will come to you intuitively. It sounds like you already have a very strong, like, intuitive guidance. So you could just be open to that channel. It will kind of let you know where to go, and usually people will show up or uh, the appropriate store or restaurant or place or site on the mountain will come to you, as well as you may find things on the Internet or through books or people recommending things that just... Okay. One other quick question. If I take stones with me or something else, can I invest them with that energy and bring that back with me physically? Oh, yeah, that's a great point, and many people uh, might want to know about how to do that, so I'll briefly say that. Many people might already be doing that. Cause it, so, so there's two ways. It's almost like there's this theme of exchange with any place, both physically, uh, both energetically, which we've talked about, and physically, like we receive things and we also give things. So you could bring stones uh, that, like a crystal, usually clear quartz or whatever you feel guided, but like clear quartz is a type of recorder crystal that will record what uh, occurs uh, when you're there. So if you go to a certain site, like a place on Mount Shasta that you might want to visit called Panther Meadows, or people might want to visit, it's the most one of the most sacred sites, or even the most sacred site on the mountain, uh, particularly for the First Nation people. They still do their ceremonies there. So then when you go there to meditate or do a ceremony, you may put that clear quartz crystal and just set the intention or whatever crystal you um, are using that the crystal record energetically, informationally, code-wise, everything that's occurring. So that's one thing people can do. The other uh, very powerful tradition and people who have um, created their own mesas, which is a tradition in the uh, Peruvian shamanism, they will take pilgrimages to various sacred sites, particularly mountains too. And when they get there, they'll ask the spirits of the place that they can take a stone that will kind of represent or whole energy and information, and then they put them kind of in their mesa, which is like a medicine bag. Uh, so they actually receive a, a stone from the place, and then in exchange, they usually leave something, some kind of offering. It could be a flower, you know, it could be a piece of your hair, it could be incense. And so there's sort of an exchange that you give to the place as well as uh, it gives to you. Okay. What wonderful information. Thank you so much. Thank you for the question, oh, yeah. Sarah, <laughs> and bringing that forth. Um, yeah, thank you, Sarah. Are you still there? I am. Okay. <laughs> and All let right. me wish everyone um, 
from my tradition and a rebirth, a new birth of the earth in our energies, in our world at this time of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur of forgiving and settling all the old stuff and being able to be free and go forth. Thank you. So much love and many blessings to you, Sarah. Always grateful to have you here. Um, so, so grateful that you are here too. <laughs> We're all. I tried to go. Mm-hmm. I tried to go to Mount Shasta on my birthday last year. I was alone, and I ended up going to an old growth redwood forest. But it didn't work out, and now I know it wasn't time. But I'm going to try again. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell us about it when it happens. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Jean. Um, we'll take one more caller and then we'll move into the transmission. Uh, next caller is area code 360. Hi. You're live. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, my question is, is um, it seems the farther I, I, the farther I take my ascension, um, the more physical things have been coming up in a lot of major issues within my physical being. And I'm wondering um, if Jean might maybe just take a look and help us to understand how I might more easily trans, uh, transmute a lot of these things that are coming up for an easier process to uh, in my ascension and everyone else's too. Mm-hmm. If that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. I think we've all experienced uh, exactly what you're talking about. Um, people who have been like, yes, working on their spiritual path and particularly in an accelerated fashion. Uh, I'll share um, some information and the technique and then we'll actually use some of the Arturian methods so we can get to something very practical right now. And you, it reminds me of something I learned in a sort of tradition called um well the modality healing modality is called pranic healing started by master choko Sui. and then they have a spiritual branch uh, that's an accelerative meditative process called um, arhatic yoga and you know when we kind of accelerate our light body you know sometimes you one of the most powerful techniques are kundalini type practices but that being the case there's actually certain karmic seeds in our uh, chakras They're both kind of positive and so-called negative, although those are relative terms. So like our healing gifts start to accelerate when our light body begins to develop faster. But then are there any kind of karmas, uh, certain ones in our, that need to also come out that we might call more like mm, lessons? They also get accelerated and that that can lead to certain physical things. So the the upshot is that he suggested to donate because you create a kind of energetic reciprocal positiveness to come back to you. So if it can, it doesn't have to be a lot, but in in the case that you're talking about places that may be healing people, like it could be the Red Cross, it could be anyone that's saving lives. It could be like anyone that's actually even feeding people like a feeding. You just sort of make a small donation to them and then just ask that that energy come back to you to make your spiritual practice smooth, and also your physical um, being balanced. Uh, and um, I've tested this out for many years, like over a decade, and it works. <laughs> it works. So you just choose, you just choose where you might want to send energy out, um, and it can help our spiritual um, yeah path. 
was there was there a question about that? I love that. No, that's just wonderful. I studied um pranic years and years ago too, so that's interesting you brought that up, but I love that energy exchange. Mm-hmm. Oh great, that's great. Um yeah, yeah, so then we can do some energy here with the Arturian practice just to kind of you can always re listen to this little uh, this, you know, part of the recording. Um or or you'll be getting the download here now and everyone else listening. Uh yeah, so we'll do like uh, two or three frequencies, maybe just to help, you know, keep your spiritual path smooth, particularly on the physical. Oh, thank you. Um, That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh we're gonna start out with uh I'll I'll call out the frequencies and if people if this is new for people, I'll just sort of say I'm running this frequency and everyone in the who's in the call, either live or recording, will receive that energy. So you can use it for however you're you like. Uh, it'll specifically be used to kind of make the physical body balanced and smooth on the spiritual path. And then I'm silent uh, until the next frequency. Arcturian This is will have its own divine intelligence. If you have a specific intention for what it heal any physical or keep the physical body balanced and whole during Accelerated. Now we're channeling the Arcturian fire frequencies. This works with the fire element and the Arcturian consciousness. frequency and completes the short but in Thank you for that, Jean. Yeah. Thank you so much. That is so powerful. I and, and thank you so much for all that you're doing. I'm just so grateful and appreciative to both of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
Thank you. So much love to you. Thank you for bringing that forth for all of us here. And uh, stay tuned for the next transmission coming up. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, my dear. And Jean, thank you. And uh, so you were planning on presenting a transmission for the group, uh, Sacred Site Soul Retrieval transmission uh does this feel like a good time to move into that gene oh yeah that'd be great okay Perfect. uh yeah mm-hmm. uh so we've been uh talking about how visiting physically or energetically sacred sites may also help us to uh rebalance or harmonize events that we've had there maybe reclaim codes or uh energetic aspects of ourselves also, this transmission doesn't have to necessarily be linked to an incarnation or a piece of uh, like a land uh, connection. Could simply be that you uh, have an intention to reclaim certain aspects of yourself that may have had to be, you know, disconnected based on certain experiences. Sometimes they call them traumas or just intense learning uh, processes, and that was uh, done out of um, uh, uh, wholeness for yourself. So that you could protect yourself and now sort of it's time to bring those back online and uh, speaking to Roberta's question you know this could be another way maybe a way to use this particular tool if you wanted to uh, break those soul parts mm-hmm. okay and then for people who are also interested in the special offer this may also be a chance to tune into the type of energies because this will be on a, a little bit of expanded version uh, during that first session of the special offer. Okay. So you could just relax. If you do have an intention of some aspect of yourself that you need or you know you'd like to have returned back to you, kind of integrated back online, some of these things we don't know. In fact, those are the uh, important ones that need to come back, maybe because it's in another past life or uh, buried more within our subconscious. But you can just make the intention that those will also be returning. And we're starting now. So we're beginning the sacred site, soul retrieval transmission. There'll be three short themes or cycles. This first one is retrieving soul parts associated with past lives. Specifically those linked to a location on the planet.
Now we're starting a second cycle that's deepening the process. And this is a cosmic soul retrieval. Maybe in lifetimes or existence is not even linked to this particular planet. Now we're entering a third deepening cycle, doing a collective soul retrieval, maybe for our soul family or people. And that completes the Sacred Site Soul Retrieval Transmission. You can gently, but firmly, come back to your physical body now. Just saying a short thanksgiving to all your guides, the divine, and yourself that helped in the healing process. When you feel comfortable, you can open your eyes and snap your fingers. <laughs> Thank you, Gina. That was oh, yeah. that was beautiful that you had the three different cycles of that, you know, the past mm-hmm. life, cosmic, and collective. And someone was asking, "Is this? Will these transmissions continue with regard to their effect or impact?" Oh yeah, yeah. Like the exposure, even though in linear time it seems short, you know, maybe about five minutes, and you in those cycles even shorter uh, within it. Uh, you know, a lot can be transferred. In fact, energetically, it's instantaneous. You know, transfer from the higher being or the soul part comes back like uh, as fast as the speed of thought. And then it's really the the time. The linear time is the unpacking of that. So that'll continue um, in a divine kind of way how your soul uh, needs to best see it unpack in the physical or other dimensions and also integrate uh, into your system. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and if anybody wants to write in and let us know your experience, you're welcome to do so. Um, Roberta did write back in and said, um, thank you, Carrie, so much for asking my question, and thank you, Jean, for the guidance. I will be purchasing the package. Lots of love. Grateful to hear that, Roberta. Uh, Lacey said, I'm feeling grateful for the reminder to give gifts to the earth today. Thank you, Jean. Um, Jackie had asked, said, thank you for your gifts, Jean. And she, this is right before you did the Arcturian healing um, transmission for the caller. And she was asking for an Arcturian healing <laughs> transmission. So hopefully you heard that, Jackie. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. And then Anna from uh, New Jersey said, um, will you teach us how to conduct soul retrievals for others? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, would it be in the same way that you mentioned doing a soul retrieval for oneself? Uh, well, yes, um, uh, you know, like, um, I can give the broad outline here of like how one would do a soul retrieval, like shamanically. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was this kind of, a, you know, it's like a, a training. But in general, the soul part of a person who's gone through a trauma is somewhere in the inner world, uh, you know, in some dimension. And what this a practitioner, you know, who's kind of a trained in a soul um, retrieval or, or is doing for the person is journey within and to find those soul parts they usually are seen as a very beautiful gem or jewel and then they bring you know um, they uh, their guides will help them find it their um, spiritual guides and then bring it back and then you sort of blow that into the person or at least return it into their energetic field. and then they'll know what to do with it the client or the person but it may take some time to reintegrate that piece back Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And uh, Catherine from Mount Shasta said, thank you, Jean. Beautiful timing and gifting. See you on the calls. Cosmic family coming, uh, coming home in the inner quantum. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. Um, someone was asking about the, um, the uh, five-day bonus offering the wind horse transmission um they're having some experiences of financial setbacks uh you did mention gene they you know listen to it three times a week or something what has been your experience with the wind horse transmission with regard to um divine abundance oh yeah that would be a perfect energetic tool for that and that those were broad suggestions like if you really were working on that you could you could follow your own guidance. Some people might listen to it every day or, uh, you know, um, play it like while they're sleeping. And uh, really it creates an energetic flow back to the person. And then like I mentioned, kind of uh, one example is a donating. But anywhere where you feel you could give, it doesn't have to be money, it doesn't have to be, it could be time, it could be uh, just intention, it could just be saying a nice word to someone. Um, you know, you're going to increase your wind horse so it will come back to you. So um, that's a very powerful tool, particularly for financial abundance. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Jean. Um, I always love our time together. I hope that you're 
your time uh, in New Zealand for the next 11 days, no, I guess another 10 days or so, <laughs> or so, is um, <laughs> or so, something like that. I hope that it is wonderfully um, expansive and uh, really serves your evolution and everyone involved. Um, and then you're going to come back and do the transmissions for this amazing group. <laughs> uh, you know, and all those who choose to participate. So, Jean, any final message that you'd like to leave these beautiful beings with before we say goodbye? Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's great to be able to share kind of the energy of being here and just the energy of uh, this platform we've created. It's always a beautiful time, and I'm, I'm glad it did kind of work out to fall on uh, this particular kind of timing and event to be able to connect also with the general sacred sites. So. Been a, it's been beautiful. I want to thank you and everyone uh, who've been part of this call. I can kind of really feel that, that you know, connection in the multidimensional realms. Mm -hmm. Well, we love having you here, Jean. A lot of people are writing in thanking you. Um, I'll read a few before we say goodbye. Linda with a Y said, thank you both from the bottom of my heart. Another amazing show. Thank you, Linda. Um, Linda with an I <laughs> said, thank you so much yeah. for this powerful and transformative call. So much energy passing through. Looking forward to listening again. Miraculous call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Infinite love, light and gratitude. Well, thank you all for co-creating this with Jean and myself. And Jean, um, like I said, enjoy your time there. And I'll look forward. We're going to come back together on um, uh, on December 21st, um, I believe, right? Yeah. That's going to be powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So mark your calendars, everyone, for season 25 of Gene and I on December 21st. That's his next time back. But um, All right, Gene, so much love to you and uh, to everyone who's joined us. Um, thank you so much for the gift of your time, your your openness, your readiness, your love and presence today. We appreciate you and hope that you receive the insights, the awarenesses, uh, the soulful activations uh, that are most beneficial for you at this time. Uh, thank you for joining us on this soulful adventure today. I am sending waves and waves of love and light and appreciation uh, from my heart to yours. May you feel it, receive it, and then offer it to those you encounter today uh, or tonight wherever you are in the world. And as always, until next time, please give yourself full permission to shine instead of shrink, express instead of suppress, and of course, own that amazing, powerful glow of yours. Uh, take flight, beautiful, beautiful beacons of light, and I'll see you back here in this playground of light next time. Uh, bye, everyone.